Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias inside Eford Studios, downtown Raleigh. Thanks to Empire Properties and thanks to Copiers Plus. Check them out online at... Co- why, are you, why are you having a Capri Sun? Need a little sugar pop after uh, we're podcasting for the second time in, in nine hours. Well, that was your idea. It was. That was some ASMR right there. Was it? It's like, whoa, okay. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm just saying that's fine. Drink the rest of your Capri Sun. Also impressed that you actually got the Capri Sun straw through the top as intended and not through the bottom. Yeah. Um, um, I prefer from the back. Are you spastic when it comes to the straw? I just like putting the straw in the back. Anyway, check out Copiers Plus. Check them out online, copiers-plus.com. You got your system. The Garner World Headquarters are now fully functional. Let's go. Thanks to Drew and Jerome. I could print from my phone. Whoa. You should have seen me yesterday. Drew. Drew was like, <laughs> hey, uh, what is like your Wi-Fi password? I'm like, I don't know, Drew. I'm like, maybe we can share it. Like, can I hit like the button where it like, you know, it shares? Your, your level of weaponized incompetence amazes <laughs> me. So amazes he, me he printed a picture from his phone he, we printed our contract which was basically like hey this is part of our deal with you you're not gonna like open up uh, uh your own sports book and start printing out tickets and receipts are you sure yes okay so uh, yeah do yourself a favor go to copiers-plus.com you want to print from your phone at home i got it got you how do you not even know your own wi-fi password oh it's super complicated you know you can change it, right? I understand that. I I, I haven't. Okay. I saw the um uh, the big company that runs the world is in our neighborhood now, and I yeah. was considering switching to the big company that runs the world since they're in our neighborhood. Since I don't I don't dislike the current situation. Sure, with, with a lettered company. Yeah. Um, but it's not like I'm spoiled by what we have here. Oh with well, the, yeah, with the mean, Ethernet. Yeah, we got the hardwire, which is we can't do this without the hardwire. Let's just put it that way. Uh, just like. North Carolina wasn't going to do this in conference play. They weren't going to go undefeated in conference play, Joe. They just weren't. They weren't. Now, I, can, I, I did I, not have this on the bingo card, I, even I, though Atlanta is Carolina's kryptonite. Well, I did not have this on the on the bingo card. This is one of those things where you don't go into the game thinking they're going to lose, but when they do lose and you start putting things in the context, you go, oh, yeah, that makes a heck of a lot of sense. Uh, our friend Brian Ives over at ESPN pointing out that North Carolina is 10 and 20 in its last 30 combined football and men's basketball games at Georgia Tech. The Tar Heels in Atlanta do not get along. Our friend Brian Barber, uh, the old Tar Heel blog maven himself, pointed out that you want to know how weird it gets in Atlanta? Roy Williams was one in five versus Paul Hewitt there. The win was by a point in 08 versus a Georgia Tech team that finished 50 and 17. The 11 team lost there by 20 to a 13 and 18 team. And then as I'm thinking about all these things that had happened over time, I'm like, didn't they get stuck in Atlanta one time in an ice storm? Like that walk six blocks. Yes, it was 10 years ago in 2014, they, January 29th, 2014. There's also a buzzer in my head right now uh, that Colton Tudor is pressing. Yeah. Uh, where is Tudor? He's, he's to, your, to your left or to your right, I guess. There he is. Yeah, there's Tudor. Um, maybe. Arguably, Dean Smith's best team, 84. 
Michael Jordan's last year. Yeah. Kenny Smith running hot, uh, gets injured. They won every game. They won every game in the ACC. Do you know how hard the ACC was in 1984? Mm-hmm. And they went unbeaten in the ACC in 1984. Yeah. Like, that's ridiculous what they did, what they pulled off. But Joe, I'm here to tell you. But Dan Dockich shut Michael Jordan down in the Omni in Atlanta. Michael Jordan's last game, arguably Dean Smith's greatest team. Yeah. Lost in the Sweet 16 to Indiana. And Dan Dockich was solely responsible. And, you know, he played golf with Michael Jordan a couple of years later. And he still owes me money. Okay, Dan. Cool. Look, we all have our go-to stories, Joe. We all <laughs> have. We do. Our, we all, that's we what we do. do. We do. That's what we do. We have. We I have had it. to point that one out, though, because that, I feel like that's the genesis it may be. of the Atlanta maybe curse it is. For, maybe, for the Tar Heels. Maybe it is. I, I really don't know. There's a couple of things that are going on here. There's the Atlanta thing. Now you got me thinking about Dan Dockage. I actually saw him. He went viral last week because he had some tired take about Taylor Swift, and I saw a screen grab of his studio setup. You know the most surprising thing to me about Dan Dockett, and I'm sure he's he's got he searches his own name, so maybe he actually has a. How's he going to find it on? I bet you he has developed an AI <laughs> pro, uh, protocol that searches audio for his name. So I might be hearing that effort. He might block me. <laughs> he might block me. Like Kevin Keats has blocked a lot of state fans. Regardless, we talked about that a lot of the Wolf last night. I was shocked that Dockett did not have a framed. Oh, of that game Photo or the box score or the something <laughs> from that game where he was locking down Michael Jordan. Okay. All right. So UNC and Atlanta, they don't get along. I think we all recognize that North Carolina fans know it's a house of horrors, but here's where I'm, I'm going to tell you, Joe, sometimes can I, I have the sounder. Can we, can we use it? What's the sounder? You, you keep talking and I'll find it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put on my old timey press hat. I, I got the little card sitting in my, my hat. I just I just phoned in the gamer yeah. on a on a telephone booth, <laughs> like you know the scrappy young Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets <laughs> led by Damon Stoudemire beat the mighty Tar Heels. But I'm here to tell you my old timey columnist way. You want the sounder first, or give me you the want sounder. to give it a lead? Give me the sounder. Sometimes when you win, you really lose, and sometimes when you lose, you really win. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Sometimes when you lose, you really win. And Joe, I'm here to tell you that this was the perfect time to drop your first conference game ahead of the rivalry. Hosting Duke Saturday at the Smith Center. They needed this reset. Hubert Davis can now go to this team, point out what they've been doing wrong, and they're going to go in hungry. What reset you, them. What do you think they really did wrong in this game? They didn't hit free throws. It's as simple as that. Okay. I don't want to oversimplify things. Actually, there, there are two big takeaways. My two big takeaways from last night. Foul on R.J. Davis aside, whether you think it's a foul or not, but you know, Joe, and Brad Brownell will be the first one to tell you. That was weird. You get caught up in the emotion of being in the Thriller Dome. It was weird. You know, Georgia Tech always gets those calls in the Thriller Dome. The home team got a call. Weird, huh? It was odd weird. to me. No, I mean, I, but look, I think you can. I think you can really reduce this to Nathan George made a circus shot, a very difficult shot. Yes, and R.J. Davis did not make a very difficult shot. If, well, if Davis's shot goes in, we talk about the grit and all this stuff for them hanging in there and can and I be, finding a way to win? Can I be nitpicky? Yeah. Okay. Let's be nitpicky here. I'm, I'm, I want people to understand. I'm just being nitpicky. Nitpick number one: free throws. 
Make yeah, your nine damn, to 17. Make your damn line. free throws. You likely win that game. Don't shoot 50% from the line. You got to the line. Don't shoot 50%. That's why RJ Davis got fouled. Yeah, because they've been hitting free throws all day. Come on now. So that's issue number one. Issue number two, RJ Davis. What are you trying to accomplish here? Are you actually trying to make a shot or are you trying to draw contact? The way I've, I've seen that replay a bunch of times, it's pretty clear that RJ Davis was trying to draw contact and get to the line it's rather trying, than trying to pull a proctor there. Like, yeah. dude, make a shot, make a play. That, that That's my only beef. And I get that. These are, these are things that it's a mindset. You're trying to win games. I get all that stuff. But my last nitpick is Hubert Davis should not have called a timeout before where they ended up setting up a play. We are very used to Roy Williams letting his team play yes. in that situation. Yeah, I now, was, and I've said this about John Shire. I can't treat John Shire like he's Mike Krzyzewski. We cannot treat Hubert Davis like he's Roy Williams. But it was, I, I have to unspool my brain of watching UNC and like, whoa, 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 why'd you stop play? Because RJ had the ball right. in that situation. Why'd you stop play? That's, that's, that's a classic Roy Williams. Don't call a timeout. Although I guess Roy had like a, there was a level of time that he would call a timeout, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't at that point for a Roy Williams timeout. For Roy, it would depend on who had the ball and what the situation looked like. Yeah, and yeah. He yeah. felt comfortable, you know, famously, with Theo Pinson bringing the ball down and kicking it to Luke May of all people, and banging that shot against Kentucky that he did. I mean, yeah. That was, I mean, it, the, the thing that Roy always said to me, and, and anybody anybody would ask him, this is what we do in practice. Yeah. Like we prepare for this. So there's nothing I'm going to do that's going to make. And, and Roy was never wanting to put on the show. I always said yeah. to him, you know, the reason why people think you can't coach is because you don't put on a show. You're not over there calling out the plays. You're not like horns, horns. And yeah, he's, he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't he's need not, to do that. He's not Archie Miller literally on the three point uh, line playing defense. Please. Like we saw earlier this year, right? Please. I know. I know. Don't, don't start with but, the buttons. So now that I'm done with the nitpicking, it's fine. North Carolina wasn't going to go undefeated in conference play. In fact, they, they're just doing what a lot of other top 10 teams have been doing this year. Going into last night's, there were two top 10 teams that lost last night. Tennessee lost to South Carolina. Going into last night's contest, 53 losses by top 10 teams. And on the road against, uh, on the road, top 10 teams versus unranked opponents, 23 and 29. So this is just kind of, this is the nature of college basketball. Say, what does that tell you? Like, uh, I often tell you, what is the difference between teams four through 124? Yeah. I don't think there's a big one. There's not. There's not. Uh, this is a way to transition from North Carolina to NC State because Damon Stoudemire, who I like. We talked to Damon Stoudemire yeah. at ACC tip-off. He's a great, he, he's a he great was interview. Like, yeah, he was kind of like, oh, you two. I mean, okay, cool. Cool. We'll chat. <laughs> we'll chat. And this is a team. Our guy Moose was like, hey, no, no, they're good. They'll, they'll bring you pizza in Raleigh. I'll Okay. okay, cool. <laughs> so Georgia Tech doesn't have a good schedule or doesn't have a good record. We're going to talk to Patrick Stevens about that a little bit later on because there is some irony in the ACC needing quality wins. It just so happens that the wrong team is getting the quality wins. This is now two for Georgia Tech, which gets us to this Jeff Borzello cursed tweet from ESPN. David Stoudemire is just the third first-year ACC coach in the last 30 seasons to beat Duke and North Carolina in his debut campaign. Her stats and information, ESPN. The other two were Sidney Lowe and Kevin Keats. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Got to make shots, UNC. Got to make shots. That I was not expecting those two names. 
Well, <laughs> Sid's first year was 07. That was a little bit of a lull year for Duke. It was. So it was. a Gerald Henderson, uh, the, the the point forward kid, the white kid, I can't remember his name, the number one recruit in the country who was just okay. Um, State beat him in, in Tampa in the NCAA, in the ACC tournament. And then they beat Sid with the red jacket. They had the Anganatser game mm-hmm. over in, in, in the Courtney Fells game over in Raleigh. Yeah. Uh, it was the only time he beat Carolina. So, you know, that that team didn't make the NCAA tournament. Obviously, Kevin's team, first year they go to Chapel Hill. We had uh, a kid from the, the transfer from Baylor, Al, the shooter. Oh, I can't remember. He had a, he had a great game. I can't and Torin Dorn had a great game. They kind of offset the the usual Luke May unbelievable we game. Al Freeman? Freeman. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they win that game, they beat Duke at home, they make the, they make the tournament. That's usually the that's usually the thread there is that if you beat those oh, but, two but, teams. But, but but one guy got fired and the other guy people want fired. Sure. So Damon Stoudemire, oh, that's interesting company that I'm keeping here right now. I don't know about that. If you want a much more in-depth conversation about NC State Miami last night, we did a Law of the Wolf after dark. Law of the Wolf live. So we did that last night. But to kind of summarize summarize our thoughts on last night, you give State a lot of credit for taking advantage of a Miami team that is going through it. It's a lot. They have they have not had a consistent lineup throughout the year. Yeah. They have had some missed opportunities. It doesn't look like they're going to make the NCAA tournament. It was another quad two opportunity. Why are we so down to Miami? I'm down to Miami. They just said, much like NC State, you're looking for good wins. Sure. And Miami doesn't really have that. Uh, They have better wins out of the league than State does for sure. They do. But for NC State, it was another at-home Q2 opportunity to keep with NC State not having any terrible losses. But also not no. having any great wins yeah, of note. That's I, the problem for NC State. I think they needed to beat Miami because they'll be in a group with Miami. But I think yeah. ultimately this was about responding to their effort against Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Flat out. Their effort in the first half against Syracuse is not good enough. Yeah, they came period, out. Period. End of story. They came out with a much better first half. There's still some, there's always some limitation that NC State has. Rebounding continues to be one of them. Oh, and were, that's what kept Miami in that game. Offensive rebounding. Shoot up yep. on the offensive glass. Miami ends up with 20 offensive rebounds in this game. Uh, Norchad or Mir in particular was a handful. Uh, I'll say this for sake because it was a Roy Williams kind of night for them too. Everything looks better when the ball goes in the basket. Casey Morsell in particular hitting three threes, scoring 17 points. You know, it's it, it's been a little bit of a slog for Casey this year, his his fifth year. Yeah. Last year, he had two really good guards that had opened up the floor and occupied defenders and allowed him to spot up and shoot. Has not had that luxury this year. And yeah, it's January, but he has to figure out that this isn't last year anymore. Mm -hmm. And this is how I can help the team win. I thought about eight minutes left. Miami had cut the thing down and it was was a tie game and he, he banged a three. And I was like, okay, State's probably going to win this game as long as something silly doesn't happen. And DJ Horn ends up with 24 points, showing you that he is the bus driver. I think that's a little bit of a for better or worse situation with DJ Horn because he's not a great shooter. I do think he is a great competitor, mm-hmm. but he's not a great shooter. And he he was hitting some shots. He hit some shots early, especially that I thought, oh, <laughs> there's a little bit of fool's gold here. <laughs> you can't perhaps. rely on a lot of these, perhaps. Uh, but he ends up with 24 points. And I, I also thought that uh, Modiara, uh, who didn't play in the first like 16 minutes of this game, I thought he came in and he added something, particularly in the second half when DJ Burns was you know, neutralized. You know, it was, it's a tough game for DJ Burns to play in. 
because Miami and Jim Laranega are going to scheme that thing up and, and make sure that his weaknesses are exposed. So, but good for state, good for Kevin Keats. And now you got, you got to keep going though. Yeah. Just as you can't throw the season away in the, out in the middle, you can't dump the Gatorade. You got to play the games out, see where everything ends up when you get to the end and see how it all sorts out. You know, the problem for the ACC right now, as we talk with, when we talk to Patrick, you got Wake State, Virginia, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, Florida State, Miami, Clemson. Mm-hmm. Those are the teams that need to beat Carolina and Duke or go to yeah. or, or win on the road, right? Right now, you have Pitt with a win over Duke at Duke, and you have Georgia Tech with a sweep of Carolina and Duke. Like, I'll be curious to see what Georgia Tech looks like on Saturday when they come to PNC Arena. I mean, that's a perfect, that's a state. That's on a that's on a plate for state and how NC State responds to bouncing back. Yeah, because yeah. part of the part state of, shouldn't be happy. State should be hungry. That's that's the thing because the last time we saw Kevin Keats in a good mood, he was pounding the table, talking about respect. People aren't talking about us. Tired of this shit. And then they go on a three game losing streak for a variety of reasons, which we covered over multiple podcasts over eleven days. Um, he was in a good mood last night. Yeah, you know, he's having fun, and that's great. I love when Kevin Keats is in a good mood. But that doesn't mean that everything's all good now. Like you, you got to build on top of this. Yes, I, I, I can see Georgia Tech having the Carolina win hangover on Saturday, but it's going to be another sleepy time at PNC Arena, like it was sleepy last night. Nine o'clock game on a Tuesday against a team that doesn't necessarily bring people, except my dad and my mom, to uh, to go watch the Hurricanes. My dad, by the way, not wearing any Miami gear last night. Then I'm like Michael Jordan now. I'm like, I'm going to take that personal. Had he, he knew I was going to be there. Why didn't he wear the home field jacket? Why didn't he do it? I'm well, confused. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll get him a cat calendar. Maybe I'll get him a Cardinals calendar. <laughs> maybe <laughs> that'll, the like, this is the key. My new key. You had to lower the expectations when it comes to gift giving to the OBS family. I'll tell you what, we're just going to do the home field spot right now. Check them out. Yeah. Homefieldapparel.com. You can get sweet satin jackets that my dad doesn't wear. But you can wear them. I think you saw one of the state bombers last night. Right? I did. I did. I, I, I'm I'm contemplating getting a Zaga one. Okay. My Zags. I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. Homefieldapparel.com. Go keep, check them out. Keep me warm when I turn the by I, I light their bracket on fire. <laughs> I'll have the jacket as well to use, keep me warm. Use the promo code OG23 <laughs> to save 15% off your order. Housekeeping. Let's get into a little bit of housekeeping, which is brought to you by Enovana. Check them out online, enovana.com. That's E-N-O-V-A-N-A.com. Green cleaning. This is housekeeping, house cleaning services. Time is money, Joe. Time is money. We talk about saving money a bunch of times, but now it's time to save you time. Save you some time. Save you some effort. You want your house to be clean. Enovana local. Mm Mm-hmm. This is not, you know, they're to come in. They're going to do all the things, A, that you don't want to do. And guess what? They're going to do it better than you anyway. <laughs> what well, a, now, there's a combo. <laughs> there, there, There is a combo because when I clean the bathroom, it's like, that's good enough. Mm. That's good enough. No, not no, for no, them. Not them. So, again, check them out online, Innovana.com. And they pass the website test. They do. Super simple. And paying is super simple. You can do a one-time cleaning. You can set up a scheduled service. Uh, you can do it automatically, all sorts of ways to do this. We thank them for sponsoring Ovis and Julia. Well, let me also help you out in a little bit here because I'm going to get a text later. So, so you know, so you mark the tape right now. Yeah. Hey, it'll be like, like the time when someone's like, Hey, what, what's the name of that, that ride share that you guys work with? Yeah. Sleek fleet. Hey, what's the name of that cleaning company you work with? 
Enovana. So go check them out, enovana.com. Speaking of houses, maybe you need to buy a house. Maybe you need to sell a house. My HTR, Hometown Realty, can help you out. Buy, sell, calculate. New construction is where it's at. Interest rates have come down. That's got people buzzing. Hometown Realty can help you out. I come from uh, south of Raleigh, from Garner, down 401, all of that new construction. Barry Woodard's crew, they're there to help you get those deals, get the best incentives from those buyers, and get ahead of the frenzy. So go check them out at myhtr.com. And did you just buy that house? Did you just refinance? Do you need to take it to closing? Whitaker and Hamer, contact them, wh.lawyer. Did you get pulled over by a police officer on a horse? I don't know. I don't know what you got going on. Maybe I shouldn't admit this. I made a left on red last don't, night. Joe. Getting in to Fayetteville. Don't because do it. I was like, don't do it. Joe's mad at me because I actually like stayed to figure out what was going on in the basketball game. <laughs> I wasn't mad at you. I was just asking where you were. I didn't know what was going on. So I, told you I, we I was were, flustered. I know. I told you we were doing, we both agreed that we were doing the show From back here in the studio. I understand that, but I was flustered. And then, yeah. Why were you flustered? Is there a statute of limitations on left on red? I, I mean, there was nobody on the road. Oh, yeah, you're fine. Okay. I thought you said left on red. I'm like, I didn't leave you on red. No, no. <laughs> no, I <I'm, laughs> I was on. Like, I saw your text. What are you talking about? I was, I was on Dawson, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're fine. And I'm like, it's like the middle of the night. And Dude, I'm like, I got to turn left. You're I'm fine. Like, Joe's going to be mad at me if I didn't get over here. Nah, you're fine. You're, you're fine. You're but fine. Uh, you know what? You can handle those things. <laughs> Whitaker and Hamer, <laughs> WH dot lawyer. Come see us on Sunday at Shady's 2 downtown Garner. Uh, we'll have the Super Tecmo fired up. We got beer, bourbon, and baked ZD. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group hotline from the Washington Post, he is our bracketology expert and bobblehead connoisseur. He is Patrick Stevens. What's up, man? Fellas, how you doing? Do we have a bobblehead of the week? Uh, th- there's a bunch of them back here, right? We, come on, we got to make this happen. On, we got to do thing. a bobblehead of the week, Patrick. How many bobbleheads do you have? Uh, too many, probably. I'm not sure I really want to uh, admit to the actual number, but but it is in three figures. I'll give you that. <laughs> All right, so you, you can't tease us with Joe Boo and then not bring Joe Boo out and tell us come the on, Joe man. Boo story. You've got, you've got a bobblehead of major <laughs> and, leagues. And there we go. Joe Boo. Hey. Come on, man. Now, what team? is Joe Boo filed under in the Patrick Stevens decimal system? You know, first of all, I just want you to know that my sister loved being being told that there was somebody referring to a Patrick Stevens Dewey decimal system. Yes. Thought that was thought that was brilliant. And this is some she's somebody that for Christmas got me a little sign that said, don't worry, I have a spreadsheet for that. Yes. So this anyway, is, you do, which yes, we will bring do. up here in a second. Which we do. Um, but anyway, uh, Joe Boo was a giveaway with the Lake County Captains, which is a minor league team in the Cleveland suburbs. And get this, Joe, Joe and Joe, the guy who threw out the first pitch that night was the guy who uh, uh, Chelsea Ross, the actor who played the aging pitcher in. Uh, oh, not in Joe. Major Boo. League. Yeah. Major league. yeah, not, yeah, not yeah. actually Joe Boo. Not the State Farm guy or Allstate or no, whatever. Not, not Dennis Haysburg. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, Dennis Haysbert, yeah. who I famously remember as 24. The, he's the president. Yeah, yes, Come on, president he's the president of 24. Uh, all right. So let's talk about the matters of last night and the ACC. And I don't want to get into the trolling business of two bit ACC. However, Julio and I were joking about this before we started recording today. 
North, there's, there's three valuable wins right now in yeah, the league. Right. It's like North Carolina, North Carolina and Duke are the teams that squads like NC State needs to beat, right? Wake Forest right, Virginia. needs to beat. Yeah. That, that, they need those if they really want to solidify their NCAA tournament positioning. No offense to Georgia Tech, but baby, you ain't it. Okay. Like, great win last <laughs> night, both over North Carolina and Duke earlier. But no, 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 honey. No, 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 no. Not you. Not you. Yeah. The fact that. The fact that there's only three of those floating around right now in the ACC and Georgia Tech owns two of them is uh, is a is a matter of uh, it's just simply inexplicable. But great for the Yellow Jackets to get those victories. Right. And Absolutely. they're certainly they're certainly a lot better than they were the first week or so of the season. Uh, so credit to, to Damon Stoudemire for getting them, you know, moving along in year one with a bunch of new pieces. Um, but that is, they're not a team that's anywhere close to the NCAA tournament discussion at this point. The fact that Pitt has the other one isn't really helping a whole lot either. So, right. but at least Pitt's somewhere in the in the conversation. You know, twenty spots off off the off the edge of the field. It's January thirty first, and again to remind people, we'll do bracketology once a week. With Patrick Stevens, you can find his work at the Washington Post. You can find him on the Twitters. It's discourse. Replace the I with a one. Right now, we, we always go by a snapshot. This You're not projecting. You're not saying, okay, if Wake Forest wins every game the rest of the way, they're going to be the number one seed. Like you're, you're actually giving us a snapshot of what the field of 68 would be today if the bracket was unveiled today. On January 31st, how many ACC teams are in the NCAA tournament? I think it's pretty much four at this four. point. Four. Okay. It's four. I think Clemson is still safely inside the field and has uh, more room to maneuver than maybe a bunch of those other teams beyond the Duke Carolina group. And I, and I have Wake Forest on the right side of things. And I know you guys subscribe to this, but um, there aren't going to be 62 teams in the field come March 17th. There's so not going to be 65. In, there's going to be 68. And you got to find somebody to fill out the field. Um, yep. And so – you know, the, the phrase I like to use over the years is, you know, nothing exists in a vacuum. So you mm-hmm. can sit there and say, oh, this team's terrible. Well, if they're one of the 36 best at-large teams in the estimation of the committee, then they're going to be in the field. And they're, they're not going to take like 32 at-larges or 33 at-larges. It's going to be a full 36. Where do you fall on Virginia? I feel like that's the one that feels like they're going to be, you know, what, 14 and six, 15 mm-hmm. and five. And we're going to go, well, what do you think of Virginia? Well, that, and, if, if we're talking about a fourth of an eventual 14 and five Virginia, then we're talking about a team that's probably somewhere in that seven to 10 seed range. And you okay. really don't have anything to worry about um, at the You're moment. Saying give it some time for the Wahoos. Give it some time for the Wahoos. Okay. But for the moment, um, I would argue that that's a team that's probably right at the edge of the field, just on the outside. They, they do have to account for the Notre Dame loss. Uh, and, and when you look at what exactly they've accomplished, like they, they have a couple victories over borderline NCAA tournament teams like Texas A&M and Florida. Um, and obviously a collection of victories over ACC teams that are borderline NCAA tournament teams. Um, but, you know, for the most part, they're just kind of they're, they're bobbing along a little bit like Wake is, uh, mm. and they have a loss to Wake Forest. Uh, so I, I feel like they're just on the outside. But the thing is, is that if unless you get a scenario where 
you know, you have a bunch of teams, three, let's say three through nine in the ACC are all bunched together at 11 and nine and 10 and 10 paired with the non-conference resumes that they have. Mm-hmm. Then you know you're ba- you're bound likely to end up with a couple teams around fourteen and six or thirteen and seven, and it kind of solves the the problem and the discussion for you. And you know you'll look back and say why were why was everybody up in arms on you know January thirty first over this when it was kind of trucking along to that sort of thing no matter what where you had you know a couple teams that were in that seven eight nine ten seed range maybe maybe a little bit lower but still in the field. All right, let's look at the spreadsheet that you have for us because you have a spreadsheet for everything. Yeah, you mentioned the Notre Dame loss, and I'm like, what do you mean they have to contend with the Notre Dame loss? That's a Q4? That's a Q3. They lost that one on the road. Okay. But, it's st- but it's still something that, that stands out on, on, the, uh, on the team sheet. So. All right, so what am I looking at here? If you're watching on YouTube, uh, Patrick has this Excel spreadsheet that he sent to us with quad one, quad two, quad three, quad four. What am I looking at here? Okay, so this is every possible game that you'll see in the ACC between now and the end of the regular season. And these numbers are going to change. The number next to each team is its net ranking. Mm -hmm. Um, And so all the games that are in the quad one, either Carolina game, either Duke game, uh, and a bunch of road games uh, are all games that currently would be quad one games. So... (laughs) And then quad two and quad three and quad four and so on. So there's only there's only two real poison pills, games that you have absolutely zero to gain and a whole lot to lose. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a bunch of games, you know, there's seven of them uh, that are in the quad three column. But 70% of them are in quad one and quad two. Yeah. Now, if, I, I remember saying this discourse last year as it relates to quad one and quad two. And these, num- these I it's an in- entirely arbitrary concept that the NCAA has uh, pigeonholed us in when it comes to these conversations. But the theory being that quad two games are actually more difficult than quad one games. How do you feel about that? I don't know if they necessarily are. There is certainly something to be said for you're on the spot to beat some of these teams that are comparable to you when they Mm -hmm. come to your place. Yeah. And you are on the spot to win games against some feisty teams. Think Florida State, which got off to a slow start, or Boston College this year. The other thing to remember about this is that it is fluid. So you look and see some of those quad three games at the moment, like Syracuse at 77, NC State at 80, Florida State 87, Boston College 89. Those games are a a three-game winning streak away from being in quad two, maybe even a two-game winning streak. Sure, sure. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, I just one of those things that's been popping around and this obsession with quad one. It's like, let's not forget that quad twos are valuable as well for all those reasons that you just laid out. And like if you're, for example, let's say you're NC State and you're going to play Virginia Tech or or you're talking about let's take the Syracuse Wake Forest game this week. Um, You know, you can actually you can lose a game if you're Wake Forest, but that team improves and Mm -hmm. suddenly it's not as harmful as it otherwise would have been. So all this stuff is is far from permanent at this point. All right, time's up. Your alarm went off, Patrick, so we're going to let you go. Uh, now, and now you know what time my alarm goes off every day. Normally, is that your normal is alarm? Is that your normal alarm? That's the normal alarm. I'm usually up a little before that. That's to make sure that I'm actually up to feed uh, the cats. Okay. Wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The cats are the alarm, Patrick. Mine actually are, are pretty good. 
Okay. See? Look, man, if I don't feed one of my cats on time, that thing, she's peeing. She's peeing <laughs> on something. So all I know is that I got to get that thing fed before a certain time. So good on you, Patrick. Good on you. Next week, a new page on the cat calendar too, Patrick. Get Very excited. excited about this. Very excited about a new nice. month of the cat calendar. Very nice. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. Awesome. Take care. I, I love that Patrick puts up with our nonsense. Uh, and I love that Matt Davis, State Farm, puts up with our nonsense as well. He can put up with your needs. Oh, like, oh, you got questions? Does this need to be insured? How does this get handled? Uh, what about this? How do I save money? He's a real person. In Garner, you can call directly at 919-779-8277 and start saving money on your insurance, Joe. Yeah, do what Troy did. Our, our, our One of our best, our gold star listener called Matt, went to the OGinsurance.com, saved more than 40% on his insurance needs. I don't know. I can't promise you that much of a savings, but I can promise you Matt will have a conversation with you and I can promise you you'll figure out ways to save. Also, big thanks to Breeze Through for sponsoring Ovia's Angelio. And shout out to our listeners who follow through on things they say they're going to do. We talked about App State and we had a listener who said that if you talked about App State basketball, we will absolutely go and get coffee at the Breeze Through. And that's exactly what Kyle did. A deal is a deal. Hashtag go app. Look at him with his breeze through coffee, Joe. Yeah. He's very excited about this. Let me see if I can And he's play. repping. Here I am. Breeze through. Got the coffee. Got my Mountaineers gear. You know, uh, big shout out. Basketball team. Best basketball team in the state. Ooh. Uh, Joe's, this one's, uh, this one's for you. We will talk to the head coach, Austin Kearns, who is, I guess, coaching the best team in the state, according to Kyle, a little bit later on. So go check out Breeze Through. Great coffee obviously gas and other great things. We appreciate them. All right. From men's hoops and the NCAA tournament to women's hoops and a big rivalry game on Thursday between NC state and North Carolina. We got Mitchell Northrum. He's with NPR and USA today's for the win. Mitch, what's going on, man? Not much. Thanks for having me. We got a big game this week. We do. We do. So before we get into the rivalry dynamics and Wes Moore, NC State's coach, and Courtney Bangart, North Carolina's coach, being in on the PR, if you will, what's the snapshot of the Wolfpack and North Carolina right now going into this game? Yeah, uh, I'll start with NC State first. Um, you know, when I saw this NC State team early in the season, the first thing I noticed were the vibes and the body language. This was a team that like looked like it was having fun playing together and was legitimately enjoying playing with, the, with each other. I don't think you could have said that about them last season. Um, I think while Diamond Johnson is an incredibly talented player and she's putting up numbers at Norfolk State now, I thought she kind of prevented NC State from playing how they should have last season and how they are playing this season. Um, I think this is a team when they're at their best, they're running and they're getting up and down the floor and they have all these interchangeable parts with diamond, the ball kind of stopped and you sort of had everybody kind of watching her to see what she was going to do. Now it's more fluid. And you, yeah, like I said, you have all these interchangeable parts and the four guards and Madison Hayes and Zoe Brooks and Isaiah James and Sanaya Rivers um, who can all kind of defend, you know, and play one through three, one through four. You have Mimi Collins, who is, you know, good enough as a shooter to stretch you out to three. 
tough enough to hurt you inside and play as a small ball five when they go to that look. And then you have River Baldwin, who I think somewhat surprisingly, because it's her fifth season and we all sort of, sort of thought we knew who she was, I think she's taken a leap and she's allowed West to play that four-out system with that one really dominant center that he likes to play. Now, she's not Elisa Cunane, but she's good enough for them to play that way. Um, and I think a lot of us thought this was going to be another rebuilding year for State, but, you know, they start the season off with that huge win over UConn um, in Reynolds Coliseum. That place was absolutely electric when that game happened. Um, then they beat Colorado later in the non-conference game, you know, schedule. Um, they beat Florida State in overtime. They only have one ACC loss right now. That was at Virginia Tech in front of a sold-out crowd without River Baldwin. Elizabeth Kitley hits a shot at the buzzer. Um, actually, they have two ACC losses because they did lose in Miami. I forgot about that one. Um, but this NC State team is, you know, as good as any other in the ACC, and they certainly have a chance to uh, win the title. Um, when you look at Carolina, um, I think this is a Carolina team that looks a lot different than it did last year. You, you still have Deja Kelly and Alyssa Usby as your sort of co-bus drivers. Mm-hmm. Um over the past month, I think they've started to figure themselves out a little bit. They've battled some injuries. Their guard depth is a little diminished with Kayla McPherson and Paulina Paris out. But I think for the first time in Courtney Banghart's tenure, they really have post-depth for the first time. Um, they get Maria Gokdang, who's a transfer from Boston College, who's a rim protector and somebody who can who can score in the post. She actually played really well in their losing in South Carolina, kind of gave Camille Cardozo everything she can handle. Plus they have a healthy Tiani Key behind her. And then you have a veteran in Anya Poole who's been there for four seasons. Uh, Lexi Donarski is another transfer they got uh, from Iowa State. She's kind of your typical three and D player. Uh, she won the Big 12's Defensive Player of the Year Award as a sophomore. Really good shooter from outside. Kind of in that same role here and often takes that assignment of guarding the top offensive perimeter player. You know, against Notre Dame, that was uh, Hannah Hildago against Syracuse, Deja Fair. Um, third transfer they got, Indian Navarre, local kid from Apex who spent her freshman year at Stanford, comes here through the portal and I think is starting to make the case for ACC Sixth Player of the Year, comes off the bench and really gives them a spark. The Carolina doesn't win at Notre Dame without her. Um, and then Renaya Kelly is a freshman from Alabama who they've had to start over the past few games and is really starting to come into her own as a playmaker, shooter from point guard. Um, and then there's Deja Kelly and Alyssa Usby, um, you know, who have been with this program, part of Courtney Banghart's first recruiting class. You can make the case that Deja Kelly is the best player on this team in terms mm-hmm. of what she gives you from a scoring and offensive and playmaking perspective. But I think Alyssa Usby is the most important player just when you talk about what she does in terms of scoring, rebounding, passing, defending, you can make the case that there's no other player in the country that does as much for her team as Utsby does for Carolina. Um, and I think she's taken a leap. And for Carolina to win, she has to play well. Mitchell, it feels like when these two teams play, the the home team wins. Even when West was running hot and, and Courtney was kind of bringing this thing up. What, what should we expect to see Thursday, eight o'clock? I, I, my number one, my number one expectation is to see a uh, really good crowd at the what was it called, the small gym or the high school gym <laughs> or whatever she was, whatever Courtney was was trying to pedal that one year. Yes, the Reynolds, which is just slightly smaller than than Carmichael, I think by maybe a thousand seats. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's probably what you can expect this year too. I think 
both of these teams are competing at the top of the standings. I think both of them have what it takes to win the ACC. And I think you're probably going to see them split the regular season meetings. Um, if, if I was, uh, if betting was legalized already in North Carolina, I guess it's legalized. It's just not live yet. yet. If, if I could go to my phone today, uh, Maybe that's that's the prediction I would make. Well, I don't know, Joe. Are you going over the? Are you going over to your Bojangles in Virginia anytime uh, soon? Even, or are you just even, waiting? Even though I do not believe in uh, um, certain laws that apply to the to the Wolfpack women, Wes has certainly earned uh, more respect than that. Um, I still don't bet on anything NC State. That's fair. Uh, that's Matt Freegi scarred me for life. Uh, so. Oh, jeez. To get it back was, what was that? 03, 04? 04. 04? Okay, jeez. And we're going damn near 20 years. I literally have not bet on or against NC State since 2000. All right, so Mitch, we'll, 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 cut, we'll, we'll close the conversation on this because we, you brought up, or Joe brought up the, the gym. And I know Westmore this week brought up, ah, you know, I heard our fans are classless. I hope we're really classless on Thursday night. Like Wes is in on it. He's throwing the red meat to NC State mm-hmm. fans in the same way that I think Courtney Bangard is throwing red meat to Tar Heel fans. You're around these programs a heck of a lot more. Are they in on it? Like, is this a, is it a genuine thing or they, are they playing it up because they know this is the kind of thing that draws people to the game? I think it's a little bit of both. And I think that this kind of trash talk, especially when you talk about this rivalry in the triangle, which is so big in every sport. And I think you can make the case that women's basketball is like football, where NC State Carolina is is kind of a little bit bigger than, yeah. than New Carolina, um, which is sort of the disappointment, I think, going forward, because after this season, Duke and I'm sorry, Carolina and NC State are only going to play each other one time next year in the regular season because we're going to have you Jim Phillips and SMU. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to go the women's side, they play an 18 game schedule. So there's going to be 18 teams. So you're going to play everybody once. And then everybody's going to have that one protected rival. They play twice for Carolina. That's probably going to be Duke most likely. <laughs> um, so I think that's oh, the bummer of sort of, you know, what we're experiencing now because yeah, I think Courtney and Wes both realize that like this is fun and it's supposed to be fun and yeah. we can make these little jabs back and forth. You know, someone tried to make the comparison that Wes bringing up the classless comment, and again, that was almost two years ago now, um, was like Mac Brown talking about Dave Doran's locker room thing on signing day. No. I think it's totally different. Number one, signing day is supposed to be about uplifting your team. Two, this is just days before UNC State and State play, and Wes is trying to light up the fan base, although he doesn't need to because it's already sold out. Um, But I appreciate that he is trying to play the game that way with the rivalry, and he is willing to to sort of, you know, liven up the conversation. And Courtney is too. Um, I think she made the comment last year after the fallout from the classless thing where she had to apologize and all that. Um, that you that UNC and NC State game got flexed to ESPN, and uh, I, I think maybe that was the reason why. Mission accomplished. A lot of back and forth there. So yeah, I think women's basketball needs more of that, and I'm glad that at least two of the three triangle coaches are willing to play along in this way because the other one seems to have no interest in, in doing uh, that. Carol Lawson at Duke is very <laughs> interested in Carol Lawson at Duke. Uh, and that's fine. I mean, whatever's going to work for her. Everybody, everybody for her. has to run their own race. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. She she has she has her t-shirts and her slogans, and everything is going well at Duke. That's fine. But for to get to get the people going, 
I do love what Courtney Bangard and Westmore are doing. And obviously that's going to feed into it on Thursday night at Reynolds Coliseum. Mitch, we appreciate the time, man. Uh, NPR for the win USA Today. And if you want more women's college basketball coverage, follow Mitch on social media. He's all over it. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Hanging out with us in studio for our ad break is Adam Cunningham, Longleaf Swine in downtown Raleigh. Adam, what up, man? Thank you guys for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Well, thanks for jumping on with what we're, what we're trying to do here. We'd love to be a part of this. We love supporting local. I mean, Mark and I, when we first started out in like 2016, 2017 with the trailer, we listened to you and Adam. Like you got us through all the traffic and <laughs> ITB and the triangle and stuff like that. So we couldn't thank you guys enough. Yeah, it's funny. I remember I remember showing up to transfer and Mark was there, uh, the pitmaster Mark, if you're not familiar. And, you know, you guys were doing your thing and had the brisket. It was fantastic. I'm like, well, what's Thank the deal? You. Like, we're getting ready to open up. And of course, it was an adventure like all things. Like, Joe and I oh, are figuring man. this out, too, as, as the adventure to get there and get going. But you guys have been you guys have been open. You guys have been going strong. And I think it's important to note with Longleaf Swine, people are going to think barbecue. Right. But you guys do really, really well. But I was telling you this the other day and I was telling this to Joe. Don't sleep on the smash burgers. I asked you the other day. What say, is, is it okay if we promote that? Because what is my favorite? That's my favorite 100%. item. What is in the smash burger? It is just brisket trimmings that we take. So when we trim the briskets, we'll take all that, grind it up in mm-hmm. the fresh ground uh, beef, and be able to put it in two, three and a half ounce patties. <sighs> Give it a nice char on there. It's ridiculous. It's not my 80-20 that I'm, I'm fooling around with. Is what it's you're probably, saying. It's probably closer to 70-30, but that's probably why it's so good. That's the good stuff, man. <laughs> but again, we, we pride ourselves in not having any waste. Yeah. So it's like that's what we use for the leftovers, for not leftovers, but trimmings from the beef, mm-hmm. the pork. We get whole hogs in and being able to take the heads and the trotters that goes into the collards and the Brunswick stew. So we pride ourselves on not wasting anything because we try to get everything as local as possible. We pride ourselves on the best food in Raleigh. <laughs> we have another winner here. In That's the our leaf swine. We try Wednesday through Sunday. You guys are on the corner of Edenton in person right there behind the uh, post federal post office in downtown and uh, open for lunch at 11 and dinner is from four to 10. And, and now I'm excited to announce we will have the first Thursday of the NCAA tournament, we will bring the OG live to the unbelievable outdoor space at Longleaf Swine. Uh, Just tell us a little bit about the the process of taking over the old place there, the Oakwood Cafe, and and the the vision that you had for that parking lot because it's really the signature of of the space. I think as 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 unbelievable as the food is, having the the space that you have and and the the idea uh, really to do what you did there that. That was truly a stroke of genius. Well, we got, I mean, it all happened because of COVID. Like that was the reason we couldn't get into transfer and just stuff was tying like timing and all this stuff. And I've always joked about it that like we fail upwards. We've <laughs> you're, started, the back, you're the back Canada. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> NC State. Good God. Uh, we miss him so much. Just kidding. Uh, but we, uh, we were supposed to go into transfer. We thought it was a good next step going yeah. from there to trailer all that stuff didn't work out. And now I was running one day when we saw the landlord owner put the for sale for lease call Ben. I was like, Hey, how would you like to own a building in downtown Raleigh instead of just investing into a restaurant? Yeah. Like, heck yeah, let's do this thing. Uh, two and a half years later, it took us like a year and a half to close on the building. Uh, and then it took 
then that's when all the supply chain stuff happened. Yep. Uh, our steel for the outside patio, all those beams were on a shipping container somewhere in the middle of the ocean, took eight months to get here. Uh, so that put a lot of wear and tear on us mentally. Like it was, it was a grind for that COVID. We were, did our best to do pop-ups at the restaurant, kind of the old Oakwood cafe mm-hmm. for a little bit. Uh, then we moved over to our catering space to do more pop-ups, but we were just grinding all the way through. But then, I mean, everything happens for a reason. So I think the timing was perfect where people felt more comfortable sitting outside. And that's where we got like, if COVID happened again, you guys seen how tiny the indoor space is. Yeah, yeah. We wouldn't survive as a, at a, as a restaurant uh, with taking away half the tables. And if you go back to all those restrictions, that's where we got the, especially the covered patio. There wasn't a lot of patio. There's a good amount of patio spaces in Raleigh and especially downtown Raleigh, but there's none, not like that. Not a lot of covered. No, patio. no, not like that. Uh, but we got the design. I was watching Mad Men one day, like rerun and it was like the last season when don draper drives out to california mm-hmm. he stops by that like 50 60 diner style mm-hmm. and i texted her architect i was like can we do this and he's like yeah but how much money do you have? <laughs> yeah, that's always the question <laughs> of course we can it just depends on but your it budget looks beautiful and it does. Uh, we're very proud of it and now having the panels around it uh thanks to awning works they helped us out they installed those about a month ago and there's been a huge help to kind of block the wind because being downtown, it's always windy. So when we do the when we do the live show for the first the, the first Thursday of the NCAA tournament, I, I guess we're not bound by FCC rules. Like, is it possible for us to like give give away bland shots? I was like, how, say, how does this work? You have an amazing collection of bourbons, of, of blands Thanks. in particular. Yes, couple bottles, right? Like, there's five <laughs> or six of them in there, including yeah. a gold, which yeah. I, you know I don't know anything about all these. I just, things. I just, I just learned just, about the gold yeah. actually. Um, so I, I don't want to break any rules. But I do want on that day to be able to give a, a one ounce pour. You guys right? are I can more that. than happy to purchase as much blends as you want. Okay. And then whoever you pass it out to. That's okay. okay. As long that's as they're okay. 21. Yes. Okay. All right. That's All on right. you. We'll ID them. <laughs> yeah. And I know how to check an ID now after my summer at Walnut Creek. I'm yes, very yeah. excited yes, about that do. with the uh, Enlo marching band boosters. <laughs> yeah. So you need to go in person to the Longleaf Swan. Again, Edenton person right there by the federal post office. Open for lunch. At 11 o'clock, Wednesday through Sunday, and then dinners are uh, 4 to 10. And uh, we, we cannot let you get out of here, though. I, I don't know if I want you to tell us the the recipe for the roasted sweet potatoes or if that like has to die with your family because Super they're, simple. they're the best. It is just we bake them off in the oven, peel them, cube them up, flash fry them. Mm-hmm. Frying them is what brings the yeah, flavor out. Yeah, that's what brings it out. Toss it with salt and a little bit of fresh thyme. Yeah, and that's really yeah. That's the important that's thing. Herb, yeah, it's just flash frying and getting that crunchiness, that texture, and then being able to put the goat cheese, the creaminess, okay. yeah. the agave for the sweetness, and a little bit of papitas. But do you put them like in the same oven as like the smoker? Or they're, no? They're, I mean, they're in the oven. I mean, there's everything's goes through that oven. Okay. Not the it's not in the actual smoker. Okay. Uh, but they're I mean, it's even if I'm come home from work and I'm not even near the smoke room, I still smell like. Yeah, smoke. you're still gonna smell like it. But that's the that's the important takeaway. People are gonna think, oh, it's a barbecue joint. It's way more than that. Right. You guys have specials all the time. I, I remember I asked when I was there the other day, "Where's the BLT?" Me being the idiot, I'm like, "Well, it's not summertime, so it's not <laughs> BLT summertime." But I remember that BLT. It's so freaking good. Uh, you guys even do your. Um, I've seen fish fries. I've yep. seen all sorts of guys. You guys are doing specials all the time. Yeah, we do specials. Friday's local fish fry. Saturday are their smoked and fried wings, which mm-hmm. you guys, I don't think you've had. I've had it. those. Well, my, that's my favorite yet. thing on the menu is the wings. Yeah, the wings. 
different types of sauce, and we just started doing Alabama white sauce as well. Oh, I haven't had the Alabama white sauce. Which is my favorite. I I don't need blue cheese. I'm a blue cheese guy, but you don't need to put blue cheese or ranch on those. You can eat them plain. They're amazing. And we'll get out of here on this. Slaw. (laughs) I mean, that's like a whole other episode. Uh, I have to talk talk about (laughs) slaw. Actually, maybe that's a tease for your next appearance. Mm. We can talk about slaw. People are very opinionated about slaw. But I will say that your slaw is not overly dressed. This is an important yeah. distinction. Right. It's a palate cleanser. Perfect. And I'd love to get Chris Bullard on the podcast. <laughs> the Bull- on this one. <laughs> Only if Bullard shows up in his truck with his faded <laughs> signatures. <laughs> Leslie, CJ, CJ Leslie, Leslie no, and Ryan no. Harrow and that yes. whole crew. That's the I only remember thing. that day. I was there. You were there for that day? Oh, yeah. That oh, was chaos. That was, that's, that's its own like 30 for 30 type episode. Yeah. We've, been, we've been joking around about doing yeah. one-off episodes in the yeah. summer about like, remember when? Yeah. That might be one of them. That yeah. might be one of them. That was a bonkers day at the Triangle. Adam, man, yeah. appreciate it. We're looking Thank forward to hanging out at Long Yeah, Leaf. mark the calendar. Mark Thursday, the calendar. Yeah. Thursday, March 21st, we'll do the OG live from the Long Leaf Swine. And you can always go check them out on Edenton in person and yeah, get the smash burger. We're going to talk about slaw that day. Perfect. So we were at the NC State Miami game last night. And before tip off, we saw the OG OG Hayes himself. Hayes Lancaster. Our whole crew was there. They last were night. all there last night. Yeah. No, the OG OG is Hayes Lancaster. There is no OG media without him. So do us a favor, support him. What our super listener, Troy, did, he said, hey, man, you guys weren't kidding about the moisture barrier, three sister moisture barrier, mm-hmm. protect you from that mold and mildew at your house. Maybe you do have ants or the termite protection service. There's a lot of deals that you can have from Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority. All you got to do is go to bugsbite.com because the OG doesn't believe in contracts, but he does believe in saving you money. Also, big thanks to Butcher's Market. We're going to be doing the show live from the new Butcher's Market, Lake Boone Shopping Plaza, 2 o'clock Thursday. Be there. Eat steak and cheeses while we do a podcast, man. Who can ask for more? We actually had a listener saying, hey, got those chicken meatballs. Money. I saw that was last night in the uh, uh, Law of the Wolf after dark. Yes. That person was dedicated. I love that. I absolutely love that. So head on over to Butcher's Market. And more importantly, go see us. When we head out to Butcher's Market to do the show, two o'clock with our yes. Lake Leak Fleet OG Live. Yeah, Lake Boone Shopping Center, new spot. Uh, they don't have beer yet, but they do have the sandwiches. I'll survive. They do have all of the sides. Uh, the tortellini salad has now become my my go-to side. I don't know how, mm-hmm. but it hits the spot every time. Joining us on the Easter Automotive Group Hotline, he's the head coach, App State. They are crushing it right now. He is Dustin Kearns. Coach, thanks for coming on. Hey, it's great to be on here. All right, Joe, do you want to yeah, I mean, do you want to scold me? You want to start out just right out of the gate? It, it's rare, Coach, where you know I'm normally the bad guy, uh, and I'm uh, that's a role. Joe's the good cop. I'm the bad cop. Uh, I just want to tell you that where we record in downtown Raleigh is on the second floor, and every day I walk up the steps to this room. However, Joe Ovius takes the elevator every day. Yeah, I don't take the stairs. We got to change that. We got to change that mindset. We got to change the the approach. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We don't. We do not want to take the easy route. That is that is the goal. That is the talking point. Now I'm curious. When did you get? When did you get hip to that? When did the take the stairs mentality lock for you? And 
how you've now gotten here at App State and turned things around. So right before I became the head coach at Presbyterian, which you never really know when you're become a head coach, you know, it's just, you know, the, the coaching thing, you know, so I've been, uh, I was associate head coach at Wofford. Um, and I had read a book called Take the Stairs by Rory Baden. And it's a, it's a great book. And it just really hit home with me. Uh, I thought with my coaching journey and I just felt like when you become a head coach, maybe there's, you know, you, you want to come up with a, a team mantra, things like that. Well, a month later after that, I became the head coach of Presbyterian. I talk about that in my press conference. It just kind of stuck. Presbyterian, it took all people got into it, became the head coach of App State, brought it here. Mm-hmm. But just like, I mean, just like fight songs or school colors or mascots. I mean, we're, we're not the, there, there's a Missouri soccer. I think there's another called basketball. Team, like, there's other stuff that, you know, but but for us, it's certainly taken off with our fan base, and uh, it just started from day one at Presbyterian. Certainly, there's a there's a whole lot of basketball left on the season, but being 17 and four after going 16 and 16 last year, and now sweeping James Madison this season, the team who had been uh, the tops in the Sun Belt, it, it's got to feel it's got to feel uh, pretty surreal for you right now to see where you guys are and and the. I, I, again, a lot of basketball left, but it just got to feel like uh, you've, you, you're, you're onto something there. Yeah. And I think that, you know, so when we got here five years ago, App State had, had eight straight losing seasons in basketball, which is mm-hmm. a lot. Eight, eight's a long time, right? So we won 18 in year one. And so people were excited. We just won. Year two, we go to the NCAA tournament for the third time in school history. So now it's like there's, they went from just excited we won to an expectation to win. Year three, we finished second in the regular season, which is the highest finish ever. Year four, the season you talked about, we graduated a lot of people, but we we had a power five win first in eight years. And now year five, we keep taking more stairs, hosting national television games, beat another power five with Auburn. And so we we keep taking some stairs each season. Uh, but certainly this group, we've just got a really good group that's connected and playing real well together. And um, you know, I, I, I do feel this way that in 2024 with the transfer portal and all this stuff, just having a, t- a team, a, a group of people that really care for one another and are truly are a team is a competitive advantage. And we have a great team. And it hasn't been, I mean, just looking at the numbers coach and looking at the roster, these are your guys. This mm-hmm. isn't like you went out and got, Somebody yeah, we, we, retained, we, retained, uh, we retained a lot of guys. Uh, we've done it still with high school kids. So of our 13 scholarship players, 12 of our 13 chose App State for the first time. And we're proud of that. And that's what I was curious about. How is that even possible? How is that possible? Because every coach we talk to, and most of the coaches that we talk to are in the ACC, there is a, an, it's, it's in flux. You don't know what the roster is going to look like from year to year. You'll get a surprise here and there, and you're just rebuilding all the time. Some coaches, they get it. Some coaches hate it. How How is this happening? How, how are you making this work? Yeah, and I, and I think that, you know, like you all said, kind of year to year, right? For us, this past year, we retained, you know, our top six players. And I think it goes back to, to who they are as people, how they were raised. They have wonderful parents that just have perspective on big picture stuff 
And I think it says they love App State University. They love going to school here. They love this community. They love how they're treated. This is a big time, you know, college uh, environment, especially sports wise. And I think they like how they're coached and, and developed. And we just hit on the right people that said, you know what, we're all going to come back and we sprinkle in a junior college kid. We sprinkle in one transfer from Butler and then we sprinkle in high school kids, which has mm-hmm. been consistent with that. But we, we still want to recruit and develop high school kids. For us, it's just about getting the right talent. And that's my point earlier. I think that some some places you you, you just assemble a, a group of in the, you know people, mm-hmm. but we have a true team. And I think that that's a big reason why we're having success right now. I want to go back on two things. Uh, first of all, you mentioned the win over Auburn. How, how did you get Auburn up to Boone? Well, I credit Bruce Pearl for that. Okay. okay. So, long story short, COVID year, uh, which scheduling and everything was crazy. Uh, we had an opening before Christmas. They had an opening. And I just, I remember setting up my computer, right? And I just responded, hey, we have that date open. Would you do a two for one? I mean, an hour later, we got a contract. Smart man. That's smart. <laughs> so um, it was, hey, we've got to take a couple years off. But yes. Now, credit Bruce Pearl. He's done that um, with mid-majors. And so we were able to, to, to get them to come up. And I thought it was perfect timing. A Sunday after football gets it on ESPN2. Start like so many things uh, were great about that moment. And uh, fortunately, we were able to play really well and, and win against a really good team. They've until last week they hadn't lost since our game. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I want to go back on because uh, as people on this program know that you you probably don't that Mike Young is one of my favorite coaches in all of college basketball. So you, I need to with him. You, you need you need to tell me a Mike Young story. <laughs> um, golly, I got I spent seven years with him. I got a lot of good ones there. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I think some of my some of my best Mike Young stories that people enjoy is what he what he names plays. So he's really creative and unique and with because he wants our player wanted our players to remember it. So we had plays called ham sandwich, uh, bologna, uh, cigar. Um, he has an affinity for popcorn. He likes mm-hmm. popcorn. That was very true when I was with him, too. He'd always go get popcorn. Uh, but, yeah, the, the play name. So we were playing a national TV game once, and they were they had a camera in the locker room. And he's on he's got on the board some of our play names. One of them was Ham Sandwich. <laughs> and and I got a, several texts at the game. It was like, you guys have a play called Ham Sandwich? And I'm like, yeah, we got one called Bologna, and we got one called. And so, like, those were some of the fun. But you know what? You know what I did learn from him? Players don't forget those plays. At the end of the day, do your players retain it? And because of those names, like they're so kind of outrageous that the players remember them. No, no Zion. Hilarious. What a great person and unbelievable coach. No Zion Williamson story? Because, you know, could have got a Wofford. So I was there during then. I've got a picture on my phone of Zion uh, on, on his uh, unofficial visit. He came to a game. Um, you know what was cool? So Zion and his family were right in town. We were his first offer. And so when we were building the Jerry Richardson Indoor Stadium, which is now complete, but we 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 had Zion and his family over for a uh, 
an unofficial visit. And we put it in the practice facility in the Jerry Indoor Stadium. Somehow we fit a projector screen to fit the entire wall. It was not complete yet, but it was to the point we could walk people through and wear like a hard hat and all that stuff. So we put a projector screen on the entire wall of a, of a basically an arena. And our video guy did, or one of our coaches did a video of LeBron James going back to Cleveland and his LeBron's voice about staying home and how much it meant for him to do that for the city of Cleveland. And so we played this video, LeBron talking about that. And then we showed a bunch of Zion highlights. It was awesome. And he was fired up. (laughs) And for that two minutes, I think he thought about (laughs) it. And then I think he thought about going to Duke or something like that. Like for two minutes, I think he thought, you know what? Yeah, you know what? I, that I like is this. kind of a cool story that, that I could do what LeBron did. I like this spot. This is good. I don't have to go too far. And uh, and here, I, I remember talking to Mike Young about Zion and, you know, what he was as a prospect versus what he actually was at Duke. And I think to this day, people, I'm still surprised that I watched Zion Williamson do the things that he did at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Yeah, he's an unbelievable athlete, mm-hmm. incredible in his strength. But you know what? Great kid. Um, you know, wish him the, the best and his family. And uh, th- it was it was neat to to have them on campus a few times. He came to a game his senior year, and mm-hmm. we, we packed it out. We were playing Chattanooga at home. We packed it out just I think because he was there, and uh, everybody was there to see him. Which special special player. For a coach that wants everyone to take the stairs, how do you keep your team climbing here after the most recent win over James Madison puts you guys in first place in, in the conference, which if I'm following your math correctly, hasn't been done yet by the Mountaineers. Yeah. So I think it's just, it's, it's easier said than done, but like, I just think that one thing that we've talked about is truly staying in the moment. Like it's easy to jump ahead and think about this or that and the other the hard thing to do to take the stairs way is to stay in the moment and take a day at a time. And we're just hammering that message right now that listen, and we gave that, we already practiced today. It's what really matters is, is today and practice. And, and, and can we get better today? And we'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow, but just staying in the moment, staying in the present. And because now we know that, the position we're in, we're going to get blue outs and white outs and mm. red outs and, and all these things. And so we've got to be able to handle that, accept that challenges and, and use it as motivation. But while we do that, stand in the moment. Dustin Curran said, coach app state, they've had a hell of a year and it's not over. There's still plenty of basketball to go. So I'm really curious to see where things are going. We're going to have to get you back on uh, when everything is all said and done and see how the season went. And I will start taking the stairs. I will start <laughs> taking the stairs. Let me know if he's, let me know if he's you know, send me a pic when he's taking the stairs. I will. I will. Awesome to be on here. Here. You guys do an awesome job. And it's. And I'm very humbled to be on here. Anytime well, you want me on, I'm on. All right. Well, here's, I have your email now. So uh, be, on the, be on the lookout for that. But there is something we do need to wrap up before we go. Because uh, before you came on, you were checking out the backgrounds of what we have here in our little studio. You, know, hey, you got us, man. You got us. You got, we got, <laughs> we got penance. We got all sorts of stuff. I got, I got an old record from 19. What was that? I think that's from 1974. I got 
all sorts of stuff, right? I don't have any App State stuff. Even though I was just up in Boone, I don't have any App State stuff. Can we get something? We're going to change that. It'll be something in the mail today. All right. I'll send you the address. Sounds good. All right, Coach. Appreciate it. Thank you all. Go Mountaineers. Take the stairs. All right, let's get out of here with some Hey Joe questions. Uh, We have a response from Chris. I guess he caught the opening of yesterday's show discussing base levels of our voices. Okay. I think we've got a little bit of a mistake here. He actually sent us a video of his Amazon Echo. He's like, regarding the basiness, I listen on Spotify, but my Spotify is connected to my Amazon Echo. When I listen through the Echo, the show is very bassy. Other shows sound fine and yours sounds fine when I listen on Spotify on my phone. It's been like this for the last two months. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. He, he He's sending me evidence. You know I love this. Yes. This is catnip there, for there, me. There's a tingle. Yeah. Let's see. Not sure where this is going. And a listener DM me asked me about um, audio. Like, hey, I've noticed with your podcast, like it's not as bassy as others that I listen to. Now, what do you think that did to me? <laughs> okay. First off, I think we got to the heart of the problem. Like Will Will Farrell with the trank dart. I got hit with a trank dart. (laughs) I guess there's some sort of error that's transferring your Spotify podcast to Echo and it's being played at three quarter speed, half speed. That's not one X, man. It's not one X. (laughs) You're a man of the people, Joe Olvius, solving problems. If you can try to troubleshoot that, we might sound normal again on your uh, on your echo device and i i'm not going to spend too much time on this but let's follow up on our conversation about florida state smartly bringing up john swafford chad swafford sure. raycom and whether or not that was bad business dealings negotiating a price is what they're trying incredibly to do. smart of florida state to do that I had a couple florida state fans what are they get, at us now? getting in our mention saying oh got the wrong tag well, yeah, they did get the wrong. Poor Philly, Joe. Like, what's this all about? I know. So he sends us, this is guy, uh, Bandit, 1977. He's a Florida State fan. And my mentions plenty. It's, it's whatever. He sends me this old post from August 3rd, 2023. North Carolina AD, Bubba Cunningham slams FSU for barking about leaving ACC. That was an interview that Bubba had done with Adam Gold. Okay, cool. What does that have to do with anything? So I scroll up. I'm like, oh, what's this about? Ah, inside Carolina. UNC Board of Trustees Chair John Pryor offered his thoughts on realignment, financial challenges, and the Board of Governors policy change. Quote, I think that we all need to just realize that it's a new day in college athletics. He goes on about how if North Carolina is going to stay competitive, they have to look at these financials and be in position for whatever's going to happen next. And what I found interesting, because there was a couple of these comments on YouTube as well as I broke out our conversation about Florida State and the ACC that were like, were you going to bring that heat? You're going to bring that heat on UNC for for saying this? These aren't the same things. Like, there's actual context to these conversations with the Board of Trustees and what they're talking about. A Board of Trustees chair talking about North Carolina situation is in relation to a recent government change that affects how realignment will happen in this state. And also, some things have changed since Florida State decided to go after the ACC. We kind of can tell where this is going. You and I both agree. And if you've been listening to us, hopefully you get the earwax out of your ear. I'll say it much more plainly. 
It's over. I, I don't know how many ways we can say this. We get it. It's over. The question is, how is it going to end? And what are what is the aftermath of that ending? When Florida State did this lawsuit against the ACC, however many weeks ago it was, back in December, you and I both agreed and discussed how this simply starts the process. We don't know how long that process is going to take, but we know it's over. And right now it's coming down to what is the magic monetary number that will make everybody happy and then everybody can move on with their lives. It's a wrap. So now that we know it's a wrap, they know it's a wrap. So every school, I mean, why do you think the board of trustees or the uh, the board of governors or whatever the UNC Yeah, I'm going to need a BOT, flow chart on that one. There's so many BOTs, man. It's crazy. More bots than Twitter. So I find it interesting that this is somehow being equated as a one-for-one one for Florida State. No, Florida State has gone full message board this entire time. Now down to the Chad Swafford conspiracy there. Right yes. down to that. <laughs> yes. we're, we're a couple of weeks away from a John Swafford favored North Carolina because he was the North Carolina AD and he played football there. So he's always looking out for North Carolina. I wouldn't be shocked if Clemson brings up, remember when John Swafford wanted to stick it to Clemson and Danny Ford? We're not that far away from this. This is all part of the process going forward. So don't try to come at us like, oh, well, UNC is doing the same thing. They're not because real G's move in silence. North Carolina, Bubba Cunningham had been very upfront about this entire process the entire time. What North Carolina isn't doing is performative Zoom calls with their board of trustees to get the message boards going and get Drew they, Weatherford high gonna, fives as he's leaving the board say, of trustees. They need to get TJ Yates on the board of governors. Come on, man. Get Marquise Williams out there to be like, <laughs> upside down you, we're out. Peace, Miami, because you're not coming with us. That's what that's about. Anyway, that's going to wrap it up for today's show. We will see you Thursday live from the butcher's market. Let's go. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.